Welcome, friends. I'm Sarah Ann Stewart, and this is the Awesome Inside Out Podcast. Now, I'm not sure how you ended up here today, but I want to welcome you with open arms. Because while our paths may be different, I'm going to take a wild guess that we share one common desire to have a deeply fulfilling, extraordinary life in a body that we love. A life free of diets, free from guilt, and free from shame. In each episode, we're going to dive deep into mindset shifts that give you the power to decide how you feel, not the media, not your past, and not social conditioning. Then you'll discover how to use this inspiration and this new sense of confidence to be the best you, the you that you are meant to be. So get ready, my friend. It is time to get awesome inside out. Hey there. Thank you so much for tuning in to another interview episode. As always, I am honored and grateful and so thankful to share this time with you today. If you enjoy this conversation, as always, the absolute best way to share the wisdom of the guest and the interview is just by sharing it on social media and with the people that you love. It would mean the world to me for others to have access to this powerful content. And again, to create a movement around health and well-being, we have to be the movement. And I trust that if you are inspired, there will be other people in your life that you could also inspire with this content. So thank you so much again. Also, make sure to stay till the end and hang tight because I'm going to offer you some applicable takeaways and a fun challenge this week to upgrade your health and offer a free giveaway. So to drop this on you guys, it might be hard to hear this, but so many stories you believed growing up in school actually are not true. And now these stories, specifically the ones that you told yourself over and over and over about what you could and couldn't excel in are impacting your life today. They are impacting your confidence, your motivation, your productivity, and what you accomplish every single day. And because I am deeply dedicated to bringing you new ways of thinking and mindset shifts to help you reassess what you've been told to believe, I'm excited for today's conversation with my dear friend, Jim Quick, an expert in memorization and speed reading to chat on how to fulfill our greatest potential and become limitless. When Jim was five years old, he suffered from a childhood brain injury that left him painfully shy and unable to keep up with fellow students. Through his years, Jim struggled to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Reading out loud became the bane of his existence, and he completely felt hopeless. Left feeling like an outcast, Jim turned to comics to find a connection, and through comics, Jim would eventually teach himself how to read. Jim's journey has led him down some of these interesting paths including an intense study of different learning habits and tactics. Jim is now a world expert in speed reading, memory improvement, and optimal brain performance. He is the CEO and founder of Quick Learning, a leader in accelerated learning with online students of every age in over 150 countries. Jim has worked with well-known clients such as Virgin, Nike, GE, Fox Studios, and Harvard University. So maybe you can relate to Jim's story. Maybe you believe that the narrative that your setbacks define you and you would never, ever, ever excel in a specific subject. But today we are going to discover that by tapping into your brain superpowers, you do have the ability to accomplish so much more than your limited beliefs that you are currently operating from. In this episode, you're going to learn and discover the secrets behind internal motivation and powerful tools Jim learned on how to become a more driven person. So get comfy, grab a pen and a piece of paper, because I know you're going to benefit greatly from this conversation and taking notes. Hi, Jim. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. I know you were in the middle of a massive, massive successful book launch, and I so appreciate you taking the time to do this podcast today. No, you're, you're so wonderful. I've been looking forward to this conversation and thank you everyone who's joining us. Yeah, I am so excited to have this conversation because yesterday, in the midst of this pandemic, we're about six weeks in, I had this moment on a Monday morning, which I have, haven't have felt for a very, very long time where I 
had no motivation. I literally woke up and I just couldn't find it in myself to motivate myself to get on the computer, to get to work. And usually on a Monday morning, I would be so inspired to start the day because I love my career and I love my job and I love to serve people. But I was just having this moment and I I kept looking for the inspiration outside of myself to be like, what is it? What is showing up for me? Is it that I'm coming out of this fight or flight for the last month? Is it that I'm recognizing that I have at least a month or two more of this? Like what is showing up for me? And then I looked at my calendar and I saw that we had a interview for today. So I got very excited because I was like, Jim is the expert on motivation and he is going to help me get back in line with this. And I'm just very excited. I know your, your book is sold out right now, but I'm excited to get it and to really dive into this concept of limitless and this concept of motivation specifically around the limitless model. Um, And I was wondering if you could start with that, because I think that there are so many people right now challenged with motivation, how to regain their focus, how to manage their mind, kind of this, these mind concepts that are showing up now that we are at home in our minds and can't continue to avoid. I love this. I love this start. Well, we've all heard the phrase, a negative mind can't create a positive life. And Sometimes, you know, we go through things and right now, as every, the metaphor I'm using in, with clients is that we are going through a metamorphosis, that uh, we're going through a transformation. There's a change of the new normal. There's a change of life cycles. And it's kind of like that caterpillar going into a cocoon. And sometimes right now we feel like we are because we're physically distancing ourselves. We are in a cocoon. And when we're in this cocoon, you know, we're alone with our thoughts. We're alone with our potentially our fears, our doubts, we might be feeling alone. And I think a good starting point is just recognizing that these difficult times that it's okay to, to go through these range of emotions because no, you know, we've never experienced these before and to be kind with ourselves. Studies done in self-compassion say that when we beat ourselves up, sometimes it actually has the counter effect of keeping us motivated. That kindness is actually more empowering that if we acknowledge that we are human going through very turbulent times, a lot of change, and just to recognize and not discount the feelings that we we're going through. So I want to honor whatever anyone is experiencing right now. If you're if you're struggling, if you feel you know in in any way feeling you know doubt, fear, it's it's completely understandable. And I, I'm wishing you security and health and wellness and safety and everything that you need right now. And my work is really the past 28 years trying to figure out this question of what does it take to do what you think is impossible. And it's all about having this limitless mind. So you can have limitless motivation, you can have this limitless life. And I apply it towards accelerated learning. You know, my my wheelhouse is speed reading, learning languages, improving people's memories, focus and concentration. But metaphor is such a big part of that, having a metaphor of, of how you look at things. And so this idea of transformation and cocooning and you know, how do you really understand motivation? And I have a three-part process that I'll walk people through in terms of how to how to tap into sustainable motivation. But going back to this cocooning, we know that sometimes that these the limit is that's holding us back from change or growth is sometimes clinging to a world that was, you know, rather than pushing through or surrendering through the process and continuing the cycle. That while the beauty is in the butterfly, often the growth happens in the cocoon. It's that creature's, uh, you know, desire and will to be able to progress, that it builds the strength to be able to soar. And so there are five things I would recommend everyone do to take care of themselves and set up high levels of motivation. So if you suffer from procrastination, if you put things off that you know really you should be doing, this is the conversation to be had. So I tend to alliterate everything with mnemonics and acronyms and common letters just to make it more memorable. I'm going to give everyone a quick five C's that they could be doing while they're cocooning. All right. And I encourage everyone to take notes because I'm going to go through it rapid fire because I really want you to get the instructions, really practical things that you could be doing right now so that when we emerge from what we're going through, and regardless of when people are listening to this, often there are difficult times. But I have a global belief that difficult times, they could define us. These difficult times can diminish us or these difficult times can develop us. We decide And I start the book with a quote from a French philosopher that says, life is C between B and D. Life is the C between B and D. 
and people are thinking that I'm speaking in tongues or speaking in some kind of code. B stands for birth. So D stands for death. C stands for choice. Life is choice. Happiness is choice. We are, we are the sum total of all the choices and the decisions we've made up to this point, right? Where are we going to live or what are we going to do or what are we going to eat or what are we going to think or who are we going to spend time with? These regular decisions add up to big, big decisions and habits. So here are five areas that we can make choices. And again, this is going to be common sense. And we know common sense is not common practice. So here are the five C's. Number one thing in no specific order, what we could be doing while we're cocooning to set up motivation. Number one is clarity. And I think solitude is a wonderful opportunity to self-reflect. And one of the ways of getting clarity on your life is to ask a new question. Sometimes when we're going 100 miles an hour, we don't take time for a pause to be able to check in with ourselves and ask ourselves this question. What's really most important to me in life? What's really important to me in my relationships? What's really important to me in my impact? And you could just fill in the blank, what's most important to me in anything and get clarity with that. And then the other question you want to ask is once you're, you're more clear and you check in with yourself right now of what's most important to you, asking yourself this question, are my actions aligned with those values? Because I really do believe part of this journey that we're all on is to be able to reveal and realize our fullest potential, to really get to know ourselves, having the curiosity to know yourself, and then having the courage to, to be yourself. I think those are the two parts, having the curiosity to know yourself, to self-reflect. I think self-awareness is a superpower. I think your uniqueness is what makes you... Um, is your superpower. Your story could be your superpower. And some people know themselves, but then the other part is having the courage to really be that person, you know, in spite of other people's opinions or expectations and this box, you know, we're often put in by other people's. And I always tell people, don't take advice from someone or criticism from someone you wouldn't take advice from. You know, we're, we're always so concerned about what other people think about ourselves. And so I would start with clarity, just because get to know yourself again. And you can do that through meditation. You can do that through journaling. You could do that through talk therapy. It's just going inside. And that's why I, I, I love, I love, love, love the title of your podcast, uh, because I do believe it's an inside out process. So number one, clarity. Number two, and the second C is care. While we are cocooning, this is a wonderful time to check in with our self-care. And we've all heard this phrase that self-care is not selfish. And I'm not just talking about physical hygiene. We know we should be washing our hands. We know we should be sanitizing everything, but also your mental hygiene. It's it's interesting because it's it's just like we're, we always, people, we know the, the, the foods that we should be eating, but we don't, and putting in our bodies, but we're not always as cognizant of what thoughts and what information we're putting in our body or in our brain or a mind, right? And so one of the challenges is with the news today, your brain is really wired to be able to focus on what's threatening. And so that's why in the media, what bleeds, you know, leads. Because if they say you have to show up at 7 p.m. to see what could kill you, you know, you're going to show up more than, hey, look at all the great things that are going on and all the great births and wedding and all these amazing things. So we're wired for that. But the thing is, it's like your mind has an algorithm like Instagram. If you go through social media, Facebook or Instagram, and you happen to engage with every cat post you like and you share and you comment on every cat post, then the algorithm is going to start showing you more cats. And my concern when I'm talking about mental hygiene is if people are glued to the news and seeing everything that's going on right now, and I'm not saying don't know what's going on. I think it's good to, to have an, an idea of what's going on in the world. But the question you want to ask yourself is, this, is this after a certain amount of time and energy that you invest in it, is it worth it? And if you just start looking at everything that's dark, it's the same algorithm. And then your mind's going to start feeding you more of what's dark, like Instagram shows you those cats. And then what happens is you don't shine a light on the things that you can be grateful for in the moment. You don't shine a light on, on possibility. You don't, you're not shining a light on things like opportunity. And so the brain primarily is a deletion device because you can't pay attention to everything, right? There's a billion stimulus that's out there and primarily you're trying to keep information out. And what gets in are the things that you, you have questions about. And so, for example, 
I believe that we have anywhere I talk about in the book, 50 to 70,000 thoughts a day. And a lot of those thoughts come in the form of questions. And there are certain questions we ask ourselves more than any other questions. They're, they're what I call your dominant questions. And I took a friend through an exercise and we realized that her dominant question that she's been asking her whole life, hundreds of times a day, consciously or unconsciously is, how do I get people to like me? How do I get people to like me? Or some form of that. Now, you don't know her age. You don't know where she lives. You don't know her job. You don't know what she looks like. You don't know her ethnicity. But you know, you kind of know a lot about her, right? Her personality and her life. I mean, Sarah, what, what, would you, what would you hallucinate? What would you guess her life is like if she's always obsessed with this question? How do I get people to like me? How do I get others to like me? Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that question because I did this exercise and that was very similar to mine for a very long time. And I was very much a perfectionist. I wanted to control the external. I wanted to live very much from a comparison mindset. I was a people pleaser. I I wanted people to appreciate me for who I was, but I wasn't willing to show that because I was more concerned about their experience of me. And so it's interesting that you brought that one up. Uh, That's uh, something I've been working on like most of my life. (laughs) We're going to address this in in this conversation when I talk about the limitless model. And it's just interesting to know because questions, you know, activate that part of your brain. They call it the reticular activating system, RAS, where you'll start thinking about it. just just focusing on it all the time. Meaning that years ago, my, my sister years, about a decade and a half ago, would send me photographs and emails of a very specific kind of dog. It was a pug dog. And uh, like literally these, these docile dogs that have these smushing like face. And, and I didn't know why she was sending me all these images. And then I realized that her birthday was coming up and she's a great marketer and she was seeding, you know, her gift. An interesting thing happened. I was asking myself why she's sending me these pictures of pugs. I started seeing pug dogs everywhere. I would go to the grocery store and I'd be checking out and somebody would be holding a pug dog at the cash register. I would be running in my neighborhood and someone would be walking uh, six pug dogs. And my question for everybody is, where were those pug dogs before? Did they just magically appear? And the obvious answer is no, they were always there. But I was not paying attention to them because they weren't important to me. I was deleting them. Like most people delete a lot of information. But when it became important and I was asking the question, I started to see them everywhere. And so my suggestion for everybody here is to maybe discover your own dominant question. And for me, because when people see me on stage do these demonstrations, I speak in front of a quarter million people a year. I'll often have like 100 people in an audience stand up and I'll introduce themselves and I'll memorize all their names or they'll give me a hundred words or a hundred numbers and I'll recall them forwards and backwards. But I always tell people, I don't do this to impress you. I do this to express to you what's really possible because the truth is every single person listening, they could do that and a lot more. We weren't taught how to do that. And because I grew up with this learning difficulties at the age of five, I had a very bad accident, a head trauma, and I had slow processing, poor focus, poor memory. It took me an extra three years to learn how to read. When I was nine years old, the teacher pointed to me in front of the whole class because I was holding them back because I wasn't understanding the lesson and said, that's the boy with the broken brain. And that that became my, that label became my limit and it put me into a box. So as I'm having this conversation with you and everyone who's listening, I want you to think about a, a, a box that you're in. Where do you feel like you're not making progress? Because being limitless, even though the subtitle is upgrade your brain, learn anything faster and unlock your exceptional life. Being limitless is not about being perfect. Being limitless is about progressing beyond what you currently believe is possible and what you currently believe you even deserve. And so part of that comes back down to care. And part of self-care is making sure when you say yes to somebody or something, you're not saying no to yourself. That part of self-care is also setting boundaries on your time, on your energy, on your heart, on your emotions. And so just just to be, be conscious of that. And so, but obviously the physical care is very important. Mental care is very important. The foods that you eat, optimizing and prioritizing your sleep, you know, reducing your stress, all important things. And so just check in with your care. So you have clarity, you have care. The third C is contribution. I think the, and I apologize for the sirens in the background. I happen to be in um, midtown Manhattan. So it's an interesting place to be while we're having this conversation. In terms no of- I, I have trucks outside my yeah. door. Right now. 
<laughs> so it's funny because we're just we just make the best we can in quarantine. Exactly, <laughs> it's better exactly. to get the information out there than than not. And it's very real. And when it comes to distraction, and I'll tell you this because I know some people have trouble focusing when they're at home. You know, how do you maintain your concentration in a world full of distractions all the time? And distraction is a muscle, and so is focus. And so whatever you do repeatedly, you get better at. And so if at any, whether it happens to be a siren in the background or honking or anything that tries to distract you, use this opportunity to be able to level up and strengthen your focus. And so uh, the third C is contribution. I think people don't realize, but chronic stress shrinks your brain. Chronic stress actually shrinks your brain and chronic fear Actually, you know this, it compromises your immune system. It makes you more susceptible to colds, to flus, to to viruses. An antidote to fear is service. So my question for everyone when it comes to contribution, how can you use your time, your talent, your treasure just to make a difference? Because when you focus on somebody else, it's hard to feel your own personal anxiety. You know, I get butterflies using, going back to the metaphor of a butterfly and how we're in a cocoon and and how can you emerge from this cocoon stronger or smarter or wiser or, or at least a little bit better off. You know, I get butterflies every time I go on stage because growing up labeled a boy with a broken brain, my superpower was becoming invisible. I would be really good at shrinking down. I would always sit behind the, the tall kid in class because I didn't want to be called on in school because I didn't have any of the answers. And so, I, you know, part of that, you know, while I'm introverted, I became painfully shy. And so a little of that still lingers when I go on stage. I get these butterflies. But the moment I step on stage, I just focus on who I'm serving and I, I feel zero fear because I'm just, I'm there to be able to contribute. And so how can you contribute in a way. And it doesn't have to be massive. You know, for me, I'm just uh, something simple is I go on Instagram and Facebook live and I do these uh, educational programs for free for students who are out of school because of schools being closed. I think one of the things with school, the reason why students struggle so much is they're not taught how to learn. They're taught what to learn and what to think and what to focus on and what to study, what to remember but not how to learn and how to think and how to focus and how to concentrate, how to remember, how to study. All right. So I'm doing, that's my way of contributing. And then I'm doing, I do things like recession proof your brain, just full 60 minute lives. I'm just, you know, helping people level up their learning so they can level up their life. But how can you uniquely contribute your time, your talent, your treasure? And it can be as simple as FaceTiming a neighbor who might be older and just checking in on them and make sure that, you know, it's not about social distancing. It's about physical distance. Like you and I are being social. You know, words have a lot of meaning, but we're physically distancing ourselves. What I'm concerned about is people socially distancing themselves or mentally distancing themselves or emotionally distancing themselves because loneliness is a, is a growing epidemic. You know, when we're talking about mental health and the effect on our physical and mental well-being, being connected is very important. So how can you contribute? That's one way you could connect. And then number four, we have clarity, we have care, we have contribution is creativity. I think this is a wonderful time to be able to create. And it doesn't have to be eight hours a day. It's just like, can you write for 10 minutes? What's something that you've been putting off? Poetry or, or painting or something that just gives you joy. It's one of the things where I don't think not everybody who says they're burnt out is burnt out just because they're doing too many things because they're so busy. I think a lot of people are burnt out because they're not doing enough of the things that make them come alive. That they're not doing enough of the things that, that that light a spark in them. And that creative flame is, I, I believe, is in all of us. And the future belongs to the creatives, where even before what's going on in the world, jobs were going to artificial intelligence, jobs were going to automation. And what makes us human are the things that aren't going to go to a machine is things like our creativity, our imagination. And these are the these are when we're talking about resources on planet Earth that are truly limitless. We're talking about the human mind. There is no limit to your creativity. There's no limit to your imagination. There is no limit to human determination. There's no limit to our ability to come together and solve problems. So what can you create? And it doesn't have to be, we hear these stories and memes on social media that, you know, Shakespeare during the Great Plague created Macbeth and Anthony and Cleopatra. It was, it was like a rena- personal renaissance for him when he was, you know, self-isolating. It was during the plague when they closed down London and, and the uni- one of the universities and Isaac Newton had to 
quote unquote, socially distanced himself, go back home. And he was sitting underneath a tree at his, at his home and an apple fell on his head and he came up with the theories of motion. He came out with the theory of gravity. And so I'm not saying we have to do that, those kind of things that are going to change the world, but how can we spend five or 10 minutes today being a little creative and just reactivating that playfulness? And then finally, after clarity and care and contribution and creativity, number five is capability. And this is the things that you've put on hold in your life that you have your to-do list, but what about your to-learn list? And what's on your reading list? Uh, Well, right now we have unfeathered access to all the information on the planet on YouTube and podcasts like this for yours and, and my podcast, and it's all free. You know, so what have you always wanted to learn? Have you always wanted to learn, you know, animal flow? Have you always wanted to learn salsa? Have you wanted to learn Spanish? And this is a wonderful way to be able to, to skill develop because with the world changing the way it is and people losing their jobs and, and really, I don't think it's about really, I don't think it's about like shrinking your dreams to meet this current situation. I think it's more about expanding our skills and our capabilities to be able to meet our dreams and our destiny. And so what's on your to learn list and going back to life as a C between B and D it's choice. You know, what are the choices you're making in terms of the questions you ask for clarity or the one choice you can make for taking care of yourself, you know, and part of self-care is just loving yourself. It's, it's falling back in love with the person in the mirror who's been through so much, but is still standing, right? You know, a choice to, that you can make a, a difference or contribute today, a choice to, or you can be a little creative, a choice where you spend 10 minutes a day just reading something you know, and, and challenging your brain. And so those are, those are five suggestions to do while we're cocooning. And I feel like that if, if we've just, we don't have to do all of them, but just one little step in another direction completely changes your destination. That little by little, a little becomes a lot. And so we don't have to overthink it. And, you know, I think thinking is good, but overthinking and wanting everything to be perfect could stall us from doing anything. You know, that that's what I mean about being more limitless. It's just the goal is not perfection. The goal is, is progress. Hey there, friend. Are you loving this podcast? I want to continue to support you. So the simplest way to do this is to head over to sarahannstewart.com and pop into the newsletter. Doing this ensures that you never, ever miss any details of our new projects, products, upcoming events, or issues that are near or dear to my heart. You're also going to get access to the movement. This is the inner circle of people just like you standing in their power to bring more truth and a new level of consciousness where all individuals get to live a diet-free life in a body that they love. So pop on over to sarahannstewart.com and subscribe, and I'll see you on the inside. Hey there, are you loving this podcast? Well, a simple way to support is to head over to sarahannstewart.com and join the newsletter. Doing this ensures that you are never going to miss out on any details of new projects, products, upcoming events, or behind the scenes stuff that I only share with my inner circle. Also by joining, you're going to get access to the movement, which means you are part of a free community of individuals standing in their power to live a diet-free life in a body that they love. So head on over to sarahannstewart.com and subscribe, and I'll see you on the inside. I wanted to go back to the point that you made about school and learning, because I, I find so often with my clients specifically that they have similar experiences to you in, in relationship to being told that there was a certain way of learning or that they, you know, maybe had something happen like a trauma or something show up in their life. And then they basically create that story their entire life and then never learn another way of learning. And what I love that you said was, we're not being taught how to learn, how to focus, how to remember, or how to study. And I was wondering if you could dive a little bit more into that because there are these belief systems that we create and then we are just told our whole life, well, you don't have good memory or you aren't good at English, so you shouldn't be reading books. And it blows my mind when when I talk to people and they're like, I haven't read a book since college. And I'm like, why? There are so many amazing books out there. Well, I wasn't good at English. And so I really want to debunk this belief and help people shift this mindset around learning. Oh, I love that. I love that word mindset. 
this is a perfect opportunity to go through the limitless model. I want everybody to, as they're taking notes, to draw three circles and three intersecting circles. They call it a Venn diagram. So it looks like Mickey Mouse, two ears that are intersecting and a face. And so you have three circles and they all overlap with each other. And the first circle is the exact word you just mentioned, which is your mindset. And your mindset are your set of assumptions and attitudes about something. It can be your attitude and assumptions about the world and how it works, or your attitudes and assumptions about education or learning. It could be your attitudes and assumptions about your physical appearance or your body image. It could be an attitudes and assumptions about anything. What would fall under this circle, to be specific, are what you believe is possible would fall in that circle of your mindset, what you believe you're capable of, because you could believe something is possible for somebody else, but you might not believe it. You are personally capable of it. So what do you believe you're capable of? Another thing that would fall in your mindset is what you believe you deserve and how that, uh, that actually affects the other two. Fast forward, they're three M's. So it's mindset, motivation, and methods. And so, and we'll address this because I know you wanted to go deep in motivation. The book primarily was a book on methods and it was a chapter on how to read faster and actually improve your comprehension, a chapter on focus and concentration, a focus on study, a book, uh, the largest chapter in the whole book is on memory, how to memorize facts and figures and foreign languages and record speed and with a calm and confidence, how to do all these, how to be a critical thinker. Right. What I think are mental superpowers today that would really serve you. I think if there's one skill to master in the 21st century, it's our ability to learn faster. Meaning that if there was a genie and that genie could grant you any one wish, but just one wish, everyone would wish for infinite wishes, right? If I was your learning genie and I could grant you one learning wish, any subject, any skill to be able to learn, what would the equivalent be of asking for infinite wishes? In my opinion, it would be learning how to learn. Because if you could learn how to learn, you could grant all your own learning wishes. That would be the same experience. You could apply it towards money or management or marketing or martial arts or music or Mandarin. Everything in your life gets gets easier. And I believe today, the faster you can learn, the faster you can earn. So those are all the methods. But then I realized when I was ready to turn the book into the publisher that my question was, are people really going to do this? Will 100 out of 100 people who read this book get the results? And the honest answer was a little scary. It was no, because a lot of people know what to do, but they don't do what they know. Because in the area of mindset, I talk about seven lies of learning and human potential to address some of the things that you mentioned. You know, people feel like they're not smart enough or that they're not capable of enough. You know, like one of the lies. And when I talk about the seven lies, it's it stands for it's an acronym like everything limited idea entertained. It's not necessarily the truth. A lie is a limited idea that you are entertaining. You're giving it power. You're giving it energy. One of those lies could be that genius is born. You know, that that guy, that guy or that girl is just born with that, whatever it is. And I believe genius leaves clues that genius is not born. Genius is built. And I'm not talking about IQ. That's the farthest thing I'm talking about. I'm just saying when somebody is a genius and they excel in a specific area, that they're doing something, that there's a method behind the magic. And so we debunk these common myths, you know, that intelligence is fixed, you know, that you take a test when you're eight years old and that's your number when you're 88 years old. And that is just a lie. It's complete BS. Those a belief system, <laughs> that's what BS stands for. It's not absolutely true. It's just something that we were taught and it keeps us fixed. You know, so if you think that your memory is fixed, like your shoe size, I could teach you the best method for remembering names. But if you have a belief that, oh, I'm too old or I'm, I'm not smart enough or I have a horrible memory, the technique, it won't work. And that, that's why we built this limitless model. It, it came as an emergent property of how do you get people the results that they really want and really desire and they really deserve? And so when it comes to your mindset, I would remind everybody that your brain is like a supercomputer and your self-talk is the program it will run. So if you tell yourself you're not good at remembering names, you will not remember the name of the next person you meet because you program your supercomputer not to. And if people truly understood how powerful their mind is, 
they wouldn't say or think something they didn't want to be true. And that's not to say you have one negative thought and it just ruins your life any more than eating that one donut is going to ruin your life, but it's the consistency of it. And so part of changing those, that negative self-talk, because people come to me all the time and they say, Jim, I'm too old or I'm not smart enough, or I have a horrible memory. And I say, stop. If you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them. If you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them, then they're yours, right? And so we have to stop defending the things that, that we don't want, right? And so the challenge is, is like being self-aware, number one. I think self-awareness is a superpower. Just being aware that we have thoughts, but the thoughts are not us, and that we can audit our own self-talk. And as simple as someone says, I, I don't have a great memory, they could just add a little word like yet at the end. I don't have a great memory yet. And it just changes the feel of the conversation we're having with ourselves, which is the most important conversation is our self-talk. And so I, w- I would remind everyone that your mind is always eavesdropping on your self-talk and you know, talk to your way in a way that's going to be empowering, that's going to be supportive of yourself. So that, that's your mindset. The second circle is your motivation. And your motivation, there's a lie around motivation. There's a number of them. One of them is that when often words have meaning on the brain, and when people think of motivation, sometimes they think about going to a seminar and get really excited in the moment and saying, okay, I'm going to change all these areas of my life, X, Y, Z, and then the next morning, nothing happens, right? And if you could identify with that, that's not true motivation. Some people might have seen the the movie Limitless. I don't know if you have, Sarah. It's the one with Bradley Cooper and Robert De Niro. And he goes from zero to hero by taking a pill. And he takes this limitless pill. And all of a sudden, he has this genius. He has this, he's, he has incredible focus. And he cleans his whole apartment. And he, he has this incredible memory. And he writes his book in a handful of days. And, and he learns languages. And he has a surge of motivation. But after the pill wears off 24 hours later, it just is not motivated anymore. You don't want that. That's not the goal. And so the key to motivation, as we began this conversation, if you're home right now, be kind with yourself and don't beat yourself up. Realize that you're processing and it's absolutely okay. And be kind with yourself that, you know, you're going through this range of motion and also know that there's a formula for sustainable motivation. If there's an area of your life where you want to have consistent action, because the evidence that you're motivated is not what you say, it's not how you feel, it's what you do. If you're not doing something, if somebody says they're motivated, but they're not doing that thing, they're not truly motivated. And so I did a thought experiment and I said, okay, if I wanted to build the ultimate motivated human being, what are the ingredients? And I said, okay, it's P times E times S3. P times E times S3. And I'll go through each one very quickly. The P stands for purpose. So let's say somebody, a simple example, moving, you know, and and just exercise. I feel, you know, we've all heard the phrase that sitting is a new smoking. And I'm not talking about necessarily doing soul cycle twice a week. I'm saying just moving, you know, every hour because as your body moves, your brain grooves. And it's the best way to be able to change how you feel is is movement. And so being behind a screen five, six hours a day is probably not the best thing. So taking a break, you know, every 30 minutes or an hour, they call it the Pomodoro technique that, um, optimal amount of time to study or to learn or to work is about 25 to 30 minutes. And it creates a lot of those breaks, create more retention, and then and, and it actually helps you optimize your focus and your flow. And so taking a five-minute brain break to hydrate, because your brain is mostly water, to be able to breathe, because a lot of times when people are studying or reading, they have this mental fog or mental fatigue. And it's probably because they're not breathing right? Because their posture, they're slumped and the lower one third of your lungs absorbs two thirds of the oxygen. Your brain is only 2% of your body mass, but it requires at least 20% of the nutrients and the oxygen. And so breathing. And then the third thing you could do besides hydrating and breathing, you know, for personal self-care during these brain breaks is is moving. And um, when you move, you create brain-derived neurotropic factors, fancy phrase for BDNF, which is like fertilizer for your brain. It actually helps support brain growth and new connections. It's called neuroplasticity. And so going back to this model of motivation, the P stands for purpose, meaning if you need to work, if you want to be motivated to work out and you're not doing consistently, one of the things is tapping into the reason. And not just intellectually, we all know the intellectual reasons for working out. 
but also allowing yourself to feel it and uh, allow yourself to feel the rewards of working out because nobody works out and afterwards says, oh, I shouldn't have done that. You know, we feel great, but just feeling that in advance or feeling maybe the consequences of not, you know, working out and maybe pain can be a trigger or an indicator, a signal for you just to prepare. And, um, you know, if I get butterflies going on stage, maybe, or fear, maybe it just means a signal to my, my being saying, I need to, to practice and be able to deliver. And so P is purpose. Uh, one of my favorite books um, by Simon Sinek, Start With Why. And um, so start with your why, because there's a success formula, three H's, head, heart, hands. You can visualize something in your head. You can set goals in your head. But if you're not acting with your hands, check in with the second age, which is your heart, right? The emotions. And so we know that all learning in life is state dependent. And so, you know, feel the reasons. And so that's purpose. The E stands for, well, actually, before I tell you what the E stands for, we go back to the thought experiment. We're building the ultimate motivated human being. And let's say they only have purpose and they have a big purpose, a big reason. And I talk about in the book, how to, the difference between passion and purpose and how to find your life's purpose and also purpose and activities. But let's say they have a big enough purpose. Is that person always going to be motivated to, let's say, work out or meditate that day or read, you know, 30 minutes a day? And my answer was no, because they could be missing the E in the formula. The E stands for energy. Because somebody could say they want to be, they're motivated to work out and they can set that, they have all the reasons because reasons reap results, the purpose, but maybe they have a newborn and they didn't sleep for three nights in a row. So they're probably not going to be very motivated to work out. Or we know leaders are readers, as we were talking about, that if somebody has decades of experience and they put it into a book and you can sit down and read that book in a few days, you could download decades into days. And to get through, even an average reader can read a book a week just by reading for 45 minutes a day. But maybe they, because if you do the math, the average book has about 64,000 words. The average person reads about 200 words per minute, which if you divide the numbers, it's about 320 minutes to get through a book divided by seven days in a week, it's about 45 minutes a day. And then if you could read faster, let's say three times faster as we teach, you could do it in 15 minutes a day. But let's say people aren't even doing 15 minutes a day, maybe because they don't have the energy because they have the reasons, but they, they had a big processed meal and they're in a food coma. So they're not motivated to do their studies or do their reading. So energy is really key. And so tapping into, we talk about in the book, we have a whole chapter on energy, the best brain foods, or to how to prioritize and optimize your sleep, how to be able to manage your stress, energy vampires, a clean environment, all the things that will help support and generate energy. And then again, I went back in this thought experiment saying, okay, if the person has purpose and they have an unlimited resource of energy, will they always be motivated? And I was like, no, there's one more exception. If they believe that thing that they're going for is too big or it's too intimidating or it's unclear, then they're not going to take action. Meaning that maybe they're in their mind, they want to be motivated to find their soulmate and live happily ever after. That's way too big. They want to have the, you know, the perfect wellness and the perfect body. That's, that's way, that's way, it's, it's so big and intimidating and unclear. They want to build the next million dollar social brand, right? And so S3 stands for small, simple step. Because somebody who's intimidated or a confused mind, they don't do anything. And so the question to get to your small, simple step is this. What is the tiniest action I could take to make progress towards this goal? So tiny that I cannot fail. So instead of working out, maybe that's too big in your mind. And maybe you have to break it down to putting on your running shoes. Maybe it's reading, you know, 45 minutes a day. That's so intimidating. You know, I've never done that before. Maybe the small, simple step is opening up a book or reading one line, right? Because little by little, a little becomes a lot. And so we go through there and then we go through habit design. We talk about the work. We've had uh, Dr. BJ Fogg and James Clear and habit experts on our podcast. And I cite their work talking about, hey, if you need to be able to floss, we know it's good for your longevity. Don't think about flossing all your teeth. Just floss one tooth because you're not going to stop after one tooth. So that's breaking things down into small, simple steps. So the key to human motivation are these three elements, having a reason to do it, a purpose, making sure you have enough energy to fulfill on that, and then breaking it down into a small, simple step. Because inch by inch, it's a cinch. Yard by yard, it's way too hard. 
And then the final M after mindset and motivation, then you have the methods. Because when you have the mindset, the mindset is possibility. Everything, you know, you believe it's possible for you and you're capable of it. You deserve it. The motivation is your purpose. And then the the methods are actually the process of what to do. Now, here's the magic for everybody as you draw this diagram out, these three circles, where they intersect, where mindset and motivation intersect, you have an I. I'm going to give you three I's. The I is inspiration. So you have speakers on mindset. You have a great book called Mindset by Dr. Carol Dweck. You have speakers on motivation or that are very motivational or books you know, on motivation. Where they intersect, you have inspiration. And you have inspirational speakers. You have inspirational books. You have inspirational movies, right? But the challenge is somebody could be very inspired and still not know what to do. And that's why they're, it's because they're lacking the M of methods. Where mindset crosses over with methods you know, you believe everything is possible and you know what to do, the method, that is ideation. That's your second eye, ideation. It just stays in your mind as an idea, but you're missing the motivation to actually do it. And then finally, where motivation crosses over with methods, you have implementation. You have implementation, but so you're motivated, you have purpose, reason, energy, and you know what to do, the methods, but you could still be stuck in your box because of the lack of the limited mindset of what you believe is possible, what you believe you deserve, what you believe you're capable of. Now, where all three M's and all three I's intersect right there in the middle, there's a fourth I, and that's integration. Integration, like integer, meaning to be whole, integrated is to take the sum and make it whole. That's just who you are. That's your I am. And that, I believe, is the limitless state. And that's the goal, whether it's accelerated your learning or advancing your life in any area. The three forces that keep you in that box, because the box is three-dimensional in your career and your income and your influence and your impact, are these three forces. The three dimensions are the forces of mindset, motivation, and methods. So somebody could believe everything is possible in mindset. They could be very motivated, but they could be using old methods of wellness right? Antiquated methods and habits they, they picked up from their parents or through misinformation, you know, and then they're not going to get the same kind of results. And so they all work together. And this, I, I offer this up to everybody as an explanatory schema because it takes the judgment out of it. Because if you're struggling, often it's because, you know, then we have, we go into this cycle of judgment and self-loathing and, and this self-critic, but it's, you can analyze it now using this blueprint. Is it, okay, am I not advancing or progressing because it's my mindset? Do I, it's my negative self-talk. Do I not believe it's possible? Do I not think I could really deserve it? Or is it in my motivation? Do I not have a real purpose for doing this thing? Or do I not, or maybe I know it to, what to do or or why I'm doing it, but I, I don't feel it. I'm not allowing myself to feel the rewards because I'm disassociated to it. Or maybe I'm just lacking energy and I have to prioritize its sleep. Or I'm spending more too much time with this energy vampire that's sapping all my energy, you know, or I'm not breaking it down to small, simple steps. It's too intimidating for me the way it is. Or maybe I just need to upgrade my methods and, and to be able to get that result in my business or in my body or in my brain. Yeah, I love this. And I think it's so applicable specifically for so many people listening who are definitely in that space of recognizing that they're not achieving what they want in their health, but they're not sure why. And a mindset shift, which I really love, which you pointed out so eloquently is, is that when the goal is too big, you (laughs) kind of steer clear of it. And so often I get clients come to me and they're bringing me a picture of a celebrity and saying, this is what I want to look like. And because it's so far from their current experience, one, we shouldn't ever want to look like someone else. That's one of my biggest things Mm -hmm. that I teach over and over. We, We should find the uniqueness in ourselves like you shared before. But secondly, when the goal is so far out there and then you have these other points that you pointed out kind of holding us back, we really need to look at every single area and again, come back to what is simple? What can I do today? What is that first thing that I can do as you shared with the floss? Can I just floss one tooth and then see where it goes from there? But I think because the goals are often so far out there, specifically with, as we're seeing with social media, where we we look at other people and want to become them overnight. I love, love, love this model. And I think it's so applicable to so many people and so many listeners. So thank you so much. The last question I wanted to ask you is about the 
digital space and just how that's impacting us right now. And I know you talk about not looking at your phone in the morning, and I just wanted if you could quickly just share why and the importance of really disconnecting from social media, specifically as we're in quarantine for accomplishing the things that we really want coming out of this. Wow, this is such an important conversation for so many of us, you know, and I'm guilty of it also. And because the way that these platforms are designed, they're they're designed to make them for us to spend time on it, right? They pay behavioral scientists a lot of money to be able to know what color these buttons are and, you know, we every like, share, comment it gives us a dopamine flood and it really affects our nervous system and our learning centers and motivational centers of our physiology. So I talk about my my morning routine on our podcast a lot and the 10 things I do every morning to jumpstart my brain. And that's my focus. But one of the things that's not on those 10 things is while you have a to-do list, I think it's important to have a not to-do list. And on the top of my not to-do list is what you said, is not touching my phone, at least the first 30 minutes of the day. I'm very conscious about when you wake up in the morning, we are in this relaxed state of awareness, right? You just came out of this delta brainwave state and you're in these alpha theta brainwave states where you're very, very creative and you're very suggestible when you first wake up. And if the first thing you're doing is picking up your phone, you're rewiring your brain for two things. Number one, you're rewiring your brain for distraction. Because as we mentioned, every ring, ding, ping, like, comment, everything is giving you a dopamine flood and it's training. Whatever you're doing repeatedly, you're getting better at. And so you're building your distraction muscles first thing in the morning. And then how does it show up when you're having a conversation with somebody and you can't pay attention? When you read a page in a book and get to the end and just forgot what you just read, when you have these lapses all the time, because a lot of people's memory issues, it's not your retention, it's your attention. And so when you're in this suggestible state, you do not want to pick up your phone because it's rewiring your brain to be distracted throughout the whole day. And so the second reason, though, I would say not to pick up your phone the first half an hour of the day is it not only rewiring your brain for distraction, it's rewiring your brain for reaction, which is almost as bad, meaning that we've all had the experience where we pick up the phone first thing in the morning and we get some news either on social media or on a voicemail message, a text message, an email or whatever, and it just hijacks our whole day and it puts us on the defense and we're fighting fires. You know, our our mutual friend, Brendan Burchard, has this phrase that he says, your inbox is nothing but a convenient organizational system for other people's agenda for your life. Wow, right? So it puts you fighting fires, responding to everybody else, and you can't have a quality day, much less a quality life, if you're just reacting to things. The metaphor that I use, you know, when we're talking about butterflies and cocooning, from this metaphor, I use the difference between a thermometer and a thermostat. A thermometer, the functionality of a thermometer, if you identify with a thermometer, a thermometer just reacts to things. All it does, its only thing it does is reacts to the environment. And sure, we react to the news, we react to the weather, we react to things. But to our ability to choose to be identified with more of a thermostat, because a thermostat doesn't react to the environment. A thermostat gauges the environment. But a thermostat sets a goal or it sets a temperature, a vision, a dream, and then it acts accordingly and it changes the actual environment itself. And so not picking up your phone the first 30 minutes or hour of the day and really designing your day for wins. For me, I write three things down personally that I want to, I work backwards. I say, okay, I'm going to come back into this bed you know, later on tonight and what had to happen in order for me to celebrate. If somebody asked me how my day was and I said, I crushed it, it was amazing. What three things personally and what three things professionally did I accomplish? So not like the 300 things on my to-do list, It's like, what are the three things I did personally? And they don't have to be big things. It could have been gone for a 20-minute walk during lunch, right? It it could have been sitting down for 10 minutes and and nourishing my soul with, with writing or journaling. But I don't touch my phone unless I get one of those six things done. And that's general rule for me. I I think, again, setting boundaries and borders around your time and your, your attention around your heart around your energy is so very important that you have to say no, as the book says, no, say no to good. So you can say yes to great, good to great by by Jim Collins. But that's a great idea. One of the things that counter that, by the way, is to be more mindful in the morning. Like I have a video has 10 million views. It's just 
me teaching, showing people to brush their teeth with the opposite hand. And what it does is it activates the opposite side of your brain for people that know the, the neurology of it, that part of your brain controls the opposite side of your body. So as your body moves in a different way, there was a study done at Oxford University saying jugglers actually have bigger brains, that they create more weight matter. So using your non-dominant hand when you eat or brush your teeth actually stimulates different parts of your brain that might be a little bit more dormant. Um, but besides that, the reason why you do it is because it forces you to be present. Instead of your mind being distracted in order to brush your teeth with the opposite hand, it forces you to be in the now. It forces you to be in the moment. And again, whatever you do repeatedly, you get better at. So it trains your presence. It trains your focus. And that will show up in your work. That will show up with how you treat people. That will show up with your, you know, as you're helping your children, that area of presence. I love that. I'm going to actually start doing that. I often write a letter to my future self or from if I was 111, I'll write my, a letter to myself in the reverse. <laughs> and I write it with my left hand. It was, a, it was a practice that I learned at a mastermind, but I'm going to start doing that with eating and brushing my teeth and all the other things. I think that is such a great idea. Thank you so much. And I, I know that disconnecting from our phones in the morning can feel challenging, but mm -hmm. as I've implemented this, it has been an absolute life changer. And so I'm so thankful for you for sharing that because it, it is such an important part of setting up our day for success. And I'm just thankful for that. And I know that you have so many resources online. And so I just encourage the listeners to, as you shared before, use the resources that are free to us right now. Mm -hmm. And we have unlimited in, in this time and, and space, we have so many free things. There's, I keep saying there's no excuse to not be diving into them and to really, as you shared before, creating that life that we desire and getting and access to too. things and deserve. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess if I can just offer everybody just a final word for this conversation. First of all, thank you. It's amazing the work that you do. I really appreciate you because the world needs more people who are really having these kind of conversations. And, you know, we all need somebody to encourage us. We all need somebody to support us. We all need somebody to cheerlead for us, to be able to challenge us. And if you haven't found that person yet, a reminder to be that person for somebody else. And most importantly, be that person for you. The question that I'm asking when we're coming out of this cocoon is that what's the story that you want to tell people looking back, not on what was going on in the world, but what was going inside of you? What's the story as you fast forward, as you're writing this letter to your fast forwarding to a hundred plus years old or looking back, what's the advice you would give? You know, we're writing that story right now. And so just like you're beginning with in the end of mind and just when that you're in a champ, have that champagne moment when you're celebrating and what had to happen in order for that to happen. There's a, one of the, um, book endorsements for Limitless is from Natasha Bettingfield. And she wrote, Jim Quick has the ability to expand your mind and shine a light on your inner genius. Like my song Unwritten says, your life is your story. Limitless will help you write yours with new possibilities. So we are, we are writing this story right now with the choices that we make every single day. And it's not about being perfect. And so like, be kind to ourselves. But what's the story you want to tell when we emerge from this, looking back on the things that, that really mattered to us? I wrote this book as my, as my legacy. I actually had a, people don't know this, but I had a near death experience, which prompted me to think like, what was I leaving behind? And that's when I, that's when I wrote the book. And I wanted this book to be a owner's manual for the most important thing that we, we have, which is our, which are, which is for our mind, because our mind controls everything. And so we make it available and we're donating hundred percent of the proceeds to girls uh, in, uh, around the world who don't have access to education through building schools via pencils of promise and providing healthcare and clean water. And also for Alzheimer's research, because I lost my Shiro, my grandmother of Alzheimer's. And that was, that was while I was going through these, you know, broken brain stages. And, but it's a real, it's a real mission. So everyone can get information on that at limitlessbook.com. And we, we put together, as you know, some amazing bonuses, including a limitless book club, where we're just going to teach people how to speed read and uh, how to remember everything they read and also apply it, which is the most important thing because all the books and the podcasts and everything else, none of it works unless we work. Knowledge alone is not power. Knowledge times action is power. And what is the small step you could take right now? Just one small, simple step after this conversation. And I would challenge everyone to do this. Actually, the small, simple step is if you want to learn something faster, the fastest way to learn something is your intention. 
meaning your intention to teach somebody else. And so if you had to re-listen to this conversation and give a presentation on it, like a TED talk on it, or teach it to a friend, you know, what would you say to them? Because it would force you to focus, it would force you to take notes and ask better questions and merely make it your own. When you teach something, you get to learn it twice. So my advice for everybody, my challenge for everybody listening is to take a screenshot of this episode and tag Sarah, tag myself in it. And uh, so we see it on social media and share your big aha. Like what is one thing that you learned in this conversation or one new thing you're going to do? Was it that life is a choice between B and D? You know, was this, you know, adopting this metaphor of a butterfly? Was it the five C's? You're going to ask yourself the clarity question, you know, what's most important to me? Are you going to do one thing for care? Are you going to do one thing to contribute, one creative act today, or one skill or capability you're going to level up? Or are you going to check in with your mindset and your self-talk? Or are you going to check in with your purpose and why you're, why you're going to be motivated to do this new thing? Or maybe optimizing your energy, your sleep, your stress management, the foods that you're eating so you have energy to do the things you're put on this planet to be able to do. Or you need to make things into small, simple steps. I mean, it just goes on and on and on and just share that. And I, I will actually reshare some, some of my favorites and I'll actually gift a copy of the book to a signed copy of the book to one random person that posts it just as a thank you for just sharing goodness. Because while this virus and fear, everything is spreads, we've proven that there's a butterfly effect, right? That a butterfly flapping its wings in LA could create a tsunami of change across the globe. And so does as fear and viruses spread, so does kindness, so does compassion, so does wisdom, so does love. And all those things are free. So sprinkle kindness and everything else, <laughs> sprinkle it everywhere. Mm -hmm. because, the world <laughs> needs it. because our life is like this you know, I love that. I, I really love the, the title of, of your show. I wish I came up with it <laughs> myself, but life is like that cocoon. Life is like that egg, that if an egg is broken by an outside force, life ends. But if it's broken by an inside force, then life begins. begins awesome yeah. stuff begins um, on the inside and awesome inside out. And you have awesomeness. I want to remind everyone that they have awesomeness inside of them. And uh, let's Thank show you. the world. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. I'm so excited. And I know your work is serving tens of thousands of hundreds of thousands of people around the world. And I'm just so thankful for you and how you show up specifically for our community and just so many communities within the communities in which I also know. And so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's just been such a pleasure to have you today. And if people want to dive deeper into your work, if they want to watch the videos that you're talking about, join the book club. Mm -hmm. What is the best way for them to get all of these resources and connect with you? Further? Yeah, the absolute best place is limitlessbook.com where you could get the book. And on that page, we have a 10 day gift for you. It's a 10 day quick start program on becoming limitless where we'll do 20 minutes a day consecutively on how to change the limiting beliefs in your mind, how to tap your uh, unwavering motivation. And then I teach a day on speed reading, a day on memory, a day on focus. Uh, day on study so that when you receive the book, you are primed to read it. I want this book to be the, maybe it's not going to be the most bought book of 2020, but I want it to be the most read book. So many people buy books and they sit on their shelf and they become shelf help and not self-help. And so I give you that 10-day program as my gift because I want you to finish this book. And then we start a four-week book club based on the four sections of the book where I'm going to walk you through how I would read it, how I would uh, remember the important parts, and I would apply it. And we did two bonus chapters, Sarah. We did, we're adding, uh, when people go to limitlessbook.com, they'll also get two bonus chapters, Limitless for Teams. So how would you apply Limitless if you have a team of three or a team of 3,000? How do you build that learning organization? The same work we do at Google and Nike and Facebook. And the second bonus chapter is Limitless for Children. So for the parents or the educators out there, how can you apply this model towards the youth? And those are all gifts because our, our mission, me growing up with a broken brain, is to build better, brighter brains. No brain left behind. And I, so I want to thank you so much for the light that you shine. Again, in these difficult times, it's so important for us to just to stand together and to be able to share and offer encouragement and, and real strategies. And so the, the world is a better place. So you're, you, you are really a, you're a force for good. You're a force for nature. So thank you. Ah, oh, thank you so much. How incredible is Jim's story? It's stories like his that inspire me so deeply 
to keep encouraging people that we no longer have to continue living under the learned patterns we've been conditioned to believe. On hearing the struggles Jim faced as a child, I truly believe that we can all relate in some way. Our childhood feelings of inadequacy, of not being smart enough, pretty enough, or intelligent enough impact us until one day they don't. As adults, once we become aware, we can stop carrying these stories into our daily lives, into our careers, into our relationships, into our family dynamics. This week, I encourage you to identify the stories that are still informing your life. Acknowledge and accept these stories and then release your feelings of guilt and shame for carrying these stories with you throughout your life. Once you do this, you'll open up to new possibilities for yourself. You can start to find new stories and ways of replacing these old narratives that define you. As Jim can attest, you're capable of overcoming them. Additionally, this week, I want to challenge you to create a new morning routine, one free of social media or any form of digital technology. Leave your phone off for the first 30 minutes of your day. This is a great way to set yourself up for starting your day free of detachment from technology and to minimize the distraction mindset. A personal morning ritual will serve as motivation for you to truly step into your day that isn't consumed and defined by your relationship to technology. Instead of picking up your phone and scrolling mindlessly, start your day off consciously. Set aside some uninterrupted time each morning to tune inward and anchor yourself for the day ahead. You can create a ritual around meditation, affirmations, journaling, or even just sitting with a cup of tea and connecting and grounding within. Whatever grounds your body and nourishes your mind. Try to make this the first thing you do before you do any other tasks. Try this consistently for an entire week and reflect back on how this influences the quality of your life. When you give yourself this sacred gift, what then shifts? So ask yourself that and reflect back on it. If you enjoyed this podcast, please go check out Jim's book, Limitless, as I believe his message will be an incredible benefit for each and every one of you ready to upgrade your health, your mindset, your motivation, and your internal stories. So as you read this book and you learn about Jim's philosophy, use these mindset shifts into your day, incorporate them into your life and into your career. I trust that if you enjoyed this episode as much as I did, you will share it, whether that's on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, with your friends, with your family members, colleagues, classmates. It doesn't matter as long as we together are supporting other people and shifting their mindset and their well-being. This is a movement. This is about all of us taking the right steps we need each and every day to improve our health so that we can become happier and healthier. As always, you can find me on the gram at Sarah Stewart. I want to know what's up. How are you? How's it going? How's your life? Let me know how this is resonating. Please connect with me. I love, love, love to hear from listeners who are taking this content and implementing it and changing their life. I want to celebrate you. So please tag me on the gram. And until next time, I'm sending you so much love. I'm so thankful that you are here connecting to your health, your happiness, and your highest well-being. All right, that concludes this cast. It is my honor to always be here with you. But hang tight because I have one last thought. You're here right now because you are ready. Because while many of us share the feelings of wanting more, not everyone is willing to do what it takes to get it. But you are here. You are ready. So this is your opportunity now to take what you just learned and implement it today. Make a pact with yourself to put just one thing into action. Just one. Write it down, do it, and share it with me. We are all in this together. Thank you for being here. You too can feel awesome from the inside out.